What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself a Gun, a Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini go through every single episode. Did I say? <laughs> it's been a while, dude. It's been six weeks. I'm glad you butchered an intro and it wasn't me for once. A podcast, a Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and, and talk, talk about, about it. it. If you like Sopranos, you'll love this podcast because it's uh, it's the only Sopranos podcast out there. Isn't that right, Vince? That's correct. The internet's only Sopranos podcast. Goddamn right. Uh, and also, uh, if you're listening to this and you're thinking to myself, hey, uh, I like this podcast. But I haven't given it five stars on uh, iTunes yet. Uh, what the fuck you waiting for, bro? Just do it. Right? Like, come yeah. on. Re- give us five stars. Give us a review. Tell all of your friends. And, uh, you know, buy a t-shirt at teespring.com slash store slash broadcast. Anyways, <laughs> uh, just thought I'd get all that out of the way at the beginning. Very nice way to start season four. Um, speaking of a nice way to start season four, today... We have a very special guest. Uh, he is someone from my childhood who I, I hold near and dear to my heart. Our guest today is Max Collins of the band Eve Six. How's Hell it going, yeah. guys? It's going good. How you doing, Max? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm I'm glad that you guys kind of you kind of covered it uh, in the intro there, but I, I really wanted to ask and press you on, you know, what separates your Sopranos podcast from um from some of the rest from but but now it's been cleared up that there aren't no there they don't, there isn't a rest there yeah. isn't a rest yeah a lot yeah. of people think there is because they're like oh you know there's all these other podcasts on the podcast store that say sopranos on them but yeah. if you if you uh, if you click those, and I would encourage you not to, um, sure. you'll see that all the MP3 files are blank. They actually, ah. there is, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a tax scheme. 
Um, right, uh, information harvesting. It's information mm-hmm. harvesting. That is that is yeah. goddamn right. That's right. If you click um, on those, your information goes straight to the Chinese Communist Party. That's and, right, CCP. And from then on, they can track you. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah. It's basically uh, it's another way of tracking uh, next to getting a vaccine. So no vaccines <laughs> and no other Sopranos <laughs> podcasts, please. So Max, if if Eve Six had started like four years earlier, do you think the band name would have been a Sopranos reference and not an X Files reference? No, because the X Files. Uh, I saw the X Files well before I saw the Sopranos. That's I didn't right. see the yeah. Sopranos. Till I was, uh, yeah, out. I, I like watched it on tour for the first time. Nice. So, yeah. speaking of tour, um, we <laughs> great segue. Uh, yeah, I'm very good at segues. Um, I'm very happy to have you on for for multiple reasons. Number one, because uh, listen to your music and love it, and uh, so it's very exciting for me. Uh, but also because um, Vince uh, relayed a story that you had about uh steven jenkins lead singer of uh third eye blind that i loved because it was the most it was the most steven jenkins story it was i I knew it was real because (laughs) because i was like yeah that's exactly what he does and the story was basically (laughs) he was uh it trying to flex on the fact that he has also fucked a girl before um which sounds like him uh yeah just like what what happened there? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I toured with with him. Uh, I yeah, I affectionately uh, call call him by by the acronym <clears throat> TGIF or the guy from Third Eye Blind. Now, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, that uh, I, I toured with them for a really long time. Actually, two consecutive tours. It was the first first big tour that eve six ever did before that we were playing clubs um and uh we're excited about it from minute one i mean yeah he doesn't have another mode you know it's no like, he doesn't he, it's uh it's <laughs> that is him full bluster and uh and this sort of strange like confidence both highly obnoxious mm-hmm. yet yet somehow kind of charming that there's like uh <laughs> yeah. He sort of he leaves you both wanting less and wanting more. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and yeah, I think the first interaction I ever had with him was in, you know, the first show, whatever. I don't remember where it was, some arena, and um, and he was like, you know, telling his tour manager in no uncertain terms that he needed chicks with big tits to uh, to. <laughs> to uh stand in the production you know background thing for whatever song they they pulled people up for you know and i think he sort of i think i kind of remember him doling out one one of those maybe seeming compliment but it's but but it's loaded in some way oh yeah always exactly what that was a consult (laughs) yeah exactly exactly yeah so it was like you know uh a lot of different sort of feelings about that whole experience because it was on the one hand kind of incredible incredible and and surreal and maybe the best way uh and on the other like you know we were young a young impressionable band and 
there is no worse figure to have modeling for you what like what what a rock star is or what the job entails or how how you should you know behave uh (laughs) in in that role i mean thankfully like i i don't think i was possessed with or i know i wasn't with even you know a quarter of the like insane sort of confidence that he has yeah um so so it didn't rub off too well but 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 i did but i but i was like oh this is this is what folks are like who like have hit records (laughs) you know what i mean i mean at this point i'm not even sure if it, it like He's he's kept it up for so long that I'm like maybe he was born like this. Like this is uh the 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 way that he is because I I was introduced to him uh because he uh I had a friend or I have a friend Amelia who um dated him for a, a little bit because she was like uh she worked at like uh some company uh who puts on she was like an event planner she was basically uh-huh. you know aj soprano's dream job of event planning <laughs> and had had her uh had third eye blind booked for a uh corporate event and um i guess you know they uh hit it off or s- something uh and then all of a sudden uh, you know he was in my life like the first time i met him he came to our like small san francisco super bowl party and mm-hmm. and it was like it was like literally him and Amelia and me and like five other dudes and girls who were like and we're we're all schlubby like we're not like we we're not what I would have considered third eye blind material. You're not Charlize um, Theron. Yeah, we're not Charlize Theron. And uh, it was like during the uh, the halftime show, Beyonce was performing, and we're just like talking about whatever. And at one point, he just goes, I had a steak with Beyonce once. <laughs> and then we all just kind of were like, oh, 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 yeah? And he's like, yeah, she puts A1 steak sauce on her steak. Yeah. And we were like, cool. And he was like, yeah, I know. And we we're just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> he, just, he really, he, he really, uh, he, he commands really, a room. <laughs> he, he, he commands a room. He really effectively employs the pregnant pause oh you know? my god <laughs> yes so he's like the yeah. ever clear of conversation yeah exactly he's very done 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 da, da, done done with, with his discourse <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i had a steak with beyonce <laughs> just yeah yeah but like uh yeah and like uh he's just kind of just been uh, a constant figure in my life for the last like seven years and whatnot. And he's never, he's never not been the most confident person in every room that he's ever been in. And mm-hmm. so uh, when, <laughs> when I had heard that you went, uh, you know, that you guys had toured together, I was just like, I have to know if this has been forever. But of course, when you were touring with him, he already had a hit record. So he was already there. Yeah. Yeah. Man. But uh, so uh, apparently he, um, he had slept with a girl that you were currently dating and he told you about it. Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have the Fillmore in the Fillmore dressing room. Uh, so I heard you're dating Sonia, right? And and I said, yeah. And he said, pregnant pause. You know, I fucked her, right? And and uh, and and your reaction was mine. I mean, you know, 
<laughs> like, what else do you do? You can just you go, know? cool, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, sex, man, is, sex is fun, huh? We've all got huh? stories. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, he's just, uh, he's a really interesting guy. Like, he, uh, he one time he took me surfing. Um, and, uh, it was like, you know, at this point, I think I'd, I'd only, I've never hung out with him alone before, but then when I told him that, yeah, sometimes I go out surfing, I'm not a good surfer, but sometimes, you know, I go and he's like, Oh, I'll take you surfing. And, uh, and so he took me out one time and he said, there's, um, I, I have a surf instructor. His name is Zhao. Uh, and, <laughs> and he's, uh, he's going to be, uh, teaching some lessons and uh yeah and if you want to you know we can both like learn from him together and i was like yeah cool dude i'm just happy to be here and uh and as soon as we got there i I swear to god he was like okay so me and Zhao are uh we're gonna go over there um so it's just gonna be me and him today but um no yeah straight up and i was like all right dude amazing it it was insane it was like and like Zhao had this look on his face like you know he's like some brazilian dude or something and he was just like like almost like no i didn't i didn't say nothing like i could tell like the guy was like not at all the person who told him to, to do that and but i think J- Stephen jenkins he's just like a he's just the type of guy who's just like i don't know it's like he likes to flex in these very weird ways and uh and it was fine because i just went surfing eventually we're both like you know we both surf into uh into the shore into the beach and he just goes what are you doing come come hang out with us and i was like are you playing fucking mind games with me? This is, but yeah. why, why me? Yeah. Why is, <laughs> why you know, is he, he, he also, he, he really flies in the face of the, of the villain archetype too, because, you know, normally you can kind of, you can kind of, uh, you can say like, Oh, you know, they must be a miserable person no. yeah. to like be like that or whatever. I don't think he is. I no. think he's perfectly, uh, content and, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it even counts as pathology because it doesn't seem to negatively affect him in right. any way. And, I and I, I, it doesn't totally negatively affect the way that I even feel about him. That's the weirdest yeah. thing about him. No, there's, I agree. I agree. There's a charm to his kind of like dickish nature that you yeah. kind of like you 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 almost like you go it's like looking at a like an alien or like a sea creature and you're just like ah you know that's just what they're like you know and you're you're no, fascinated totally, yeah. totally. I, I you know when i was doing my tweets about him i kind of said that like yeah there there's there's almost like there's there's almost a generosity of spirit about it i think because <laughs> At least, I mean, I wouldn't want to hang out with him, but, 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 you know, but like uh, his, the way that he presents to the world, I think is, is, is highly entertaining. Yes. Incredibly entertaining. He's, he's one of the most entertaining human beings ever. And I, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but uh, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, it's. Uh, yeah. I was always confused by that. Like how much self-awareness is going on there? Cause sometimes it seems like, there is some, and other times, maybe none. So, yeah, he's an yeah. enigma, man. 
He is. He is an enigma. And uh, Stephen Jenkins, if you're listening to this, open invitation uh, to come on the pod. Uh, I would love to to have you. Uh, but uh, you know, I just. Uh, I mean, you know what you are. <laughs> you're a weird guy but god bless you um all right uh before we actually get into the podcast uh it is the tradition of the show and of all podcasts to play the theme song all right pod Pod. Pod. Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. Season four. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and other today, we are going to be talking about uh, from season four, episode one of The Sopranos for all debts, public and private. Um, Vince, what is, uh, can you break us off a little piece of the synopsis of this episode? I sure can. This is a real easy one. It's real short. This is the shortest synopsis I think we've had. Um, Chris puts a ghost from his past to rest. While Carmela grows uneasy about her future. Yeah, that is very short and doesn't really tell us almost anything no. about the episode. Um, so, Vince, uh, when did this episode premiere and what was going on during that time? Yeah, that's right, Matt. You know, um, all art must be evaluated within the cultural context in which it appears. And this, Absolutely. Uh, this episode came out uh, September 15th, uh, 2002. Uh, which means we have to take a, a trip back to uh, the Remember When machine to know what was happening uh, at that time. Walk, walk, tell your daddy about what you bought. Remember then, 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 then. Remember. Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. That's right. Another another fantastic bumper by Matt. Um, Yeah, so some of the headlines uh, that were happening... Um, New York Post, oil stocks get nice lift from the president. Um, mm. Yeah. When Bush asked the UN to go after <laughs> Iraqi President Saddam Hussein earlier this week. <laughs> oh, fuck. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell more than 200 points, but the oil index rose. Coincidence, dude. Crazy. Pure coincidence. Yeah, it's funny. God or coincidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that we've... This is our first uh, post-9-11 episode that we've done of The Sopranos. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like before, I feel like the... The, the headlines are mostly like quaint and nostalgic. And then this is where they go to like actively making you angry most of the time. So, yeah, I, I feel like all of the headlines uh, n have now like uniformly, uh, they're all going to be just manufacturing consent. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. from now on, we're just going to see like headlines about what wars we should get into and, mm -hmm. and the money that we can make from them. And like, uh, it's going to, Shit's going to get really weird in the Remember When machine for a while, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, another thing that happened was uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, retired the comb over. Oh, shit. I didn't even remember he had one. Yeah, apparently he did. Um, 
Uh, he's gone with a new Duval do, like a Robert Duval haircut, according to the New York Post. Who uh... isn't that just a bald guy? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <clears throat> That's uh, as far as I remember. I don't. I think it's just a bald man, I guess, Robert Duval. I guess he's the... been bald since like the fucking Godfather one. Right. Well, I guess the Rudy's thing before that was he had a lot of hair that he was trying to swirl around his head to make it look like he had some, which maybe. That's uh, foreshadowing to him becoming, uh, you know, Trump's guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> another thing that happened was uh, Yemeni Mukhtar al-Bakri was arrested for providing material support to al-Qaeda. And he was uh, allegedly part of the Lackawanna 6. Uh, I don't remember that story at Buffalo. all. Uh, yeah, I didn't remember this story uh, at all. But um, apparently they, uh, the counterterrorism officials went to flew to Bahrain and uh, mm-hmm. he had just gotten married. Married. Uh, they were surprised to find Al-Bakri in bed with his new wife, preparing to consummate their marriage, and quickly handcuffed <laughs> him and hustled him out of the room as she cried. Damn, right before fucking? Yeah. Maybe Did he have a heart on? <laughs> I don't know. He's, he was from Buffalo, and the only thing he asked like after five hours of interrogation was how the Buffalo Bills were doing. Really? Yeah. So I feel like um, I've said this before, but uh, the Buffalo Bills have a connection to almost every tragedy uh, in the in the in the United States history because um, really well, yeah. Timothy McVeigh was a huge Buffalo Bills fan, and uh, he spent like his last, I think his last two thousand dollars or something like that. He put a bet on the Buffalo Bills uh, in their fourth Super Bowl because he was like, well, they can't lose four in a row. That would just be ridiculous. Uh, and then he lost and he moved to Oklahoma to hang out with uh, the other guy, Terry Nichols. And, uh, and then the Oklahoma City bombing happened. Damn. And then, uh, yeah. you know, Donald Trump obviously tried to buy the Buffalo Bills and the NFL yeah. said he couldn't, and which put him on a path to politics. Yeah. And wow. uh, a fucking um, John Wilkes Booth was playing Buffalo Bill uh, in a play. <laughs> yeah, I do remember. R- yeah, he in shot, a, in a, he, he shot in a, he shot Lincoln, and he was like, "Are you a great big fat person?" <laughs> <laughs> he shot did. Lincoln like, "You don't know what pain is." <laughs> Would you fuck me? <laughs> That's what he did to the audience. Yeah, um, very good. Yeah, movies. Top movies in America were uh, Barbershop, mm. uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and uh, One Hour Photo. I think that was. One of the first ones where Robin Williams played a bad guy. He was really good yeah, at it. Yeah, that's right. Right, right. Um, yeah. The top pop song was Dilemma by Nelly with Kelly Rowland. Oh, all right. Yeah. Didn't, didn't remember that song at all. Um, and the top rock song was By the Way by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. That was uh, that was my shit. In high school, uh, that, that whole album, I was like, <laughs> I was like, Red Hot Chili Peppers are back. Just going from like classroom to classroom. No one gave a shit except for me. I remember uh, it, that was that was when I was in college and I was like <laughs> hanging out with this new group of people that I didn't know very well. And and I I was getting mad because I was saying that um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic was a lot better than Californication, and they got uh, they got mad at me. And none of them none of them agreed with. They're all from Orange County and uh, oh, they never hung yeah. out. With well, there you go. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, shut up! Sorry, my <laughs> my Alexa just went off. Um, never mind. Never mind. Okay. Oh, I got to turn that shit off. 
Um, so, all right. Well, that, that was what was going on in America at that time. That's right. Yeah. 9-11 had happened. And uh, I got to say, this episode um, does, I think, the best job of acknowledging 9-11 while completely ignoring it at the exact same time that I've seen on any TV show uh, that happened around this era. Real quick, uh, let me just kind of break down uh, the Bada B stories for everyone. Sure, sure. Um, Gosh, I hope, right. they don't, hope they don't rhyme or anything. Oh, I hope they don't. They, yeah, well, we'll see, Vince. Uh, they will not embarrass <laughs> me whatsoever. Apologies in advance. Um, Chrissy swallows his pride takes Tony for a drive. Tony <laughs> shows him a cop with a sombrero inside. T- Tony goes through a drought. His money's in doubt, hides money in seed and bird feed, beats up a bartender, ice in a blender. Carmela sees Ange in a store selling sausages. <laughs> Rendezvous and I'm Gabagool. All right, that was that was for you, Max. Um, that was great. Now we owe him $1,000. <laughs> That was, that was pretty good, man. As long as the check clears, we're, we're cool. <laughs> um, all right, where do you, where do you want to start, Vince? We could just start at the beginning. You know, we got uh, so AJ is back from the, the the last season ended on a bit of a cliffhanger about like what is AJ going to go to a military school or is he going to go uh, somewhere else? And clearly, he has not gone to military school. Mm-hmm. going to some sort of expensive private school and so uh he's got a bunch of new york Timeses that the, the, his new school is apparently sent to his house and so carmela is reading him stories from the new york times yeah it it starts out with uh carmela basically doing what would soon become uh the daily with mark michael barbaro <laughs> uh just reading reading the new york times to him uh we got a very soon after that we got a quick call back to you know, Tony and his ducks, that he's obsessed with these ducks. You got a little bit of duck action going and on. Carmelo's um, mad at him for being obsessed with the ducks. And everybody's everybody kind of hates his duck obsession, which, I don't know. It feels like the most healthy thing that Tony could be doing in that moment. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I feel like the duck thing, they're almost self-aware that, like, even the, as an audience member, I'm over the duck thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, his obsession with ducks has always been kind of like this... You know, it, it's in the pilot. It's like they're doing like a, it's like a symbol. Yeah, well, and ducks are very important. I actually have a clip about ducks. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. With no drunks, they ain't no bombs. And with no bombs, they ain't no motherfuckers to feed the ducks at the park. What's a fucking town with no ducks, J. Troll? It's nothing. It ain't nothing. How's a nigga supposed to sort his shit out without no ducks? What the fuck? <laughs> what was that? That's why you need ducks. That's from the FP. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's from the movie The FP. They're they're bemoaning the lack of ducks. Was that Michael Rappaport? That's who that sounded like. <laughs> no. Um. So yeah, let's start with uh, Tony's storyline. Um. In this episode. Um. <clears throat> I, I have a an alternate title for this episode, uh, and it's uh, it's the economy, Stunad, mm. um, because this this episode is all about um, money troubles. 
uh, for the most part. It's, uh, you know, the uh, clearly everyone in it is worried about money. You've got Carmela worried about the fact that Angie Bompensero is selling sausages um, <laughs> or, you know, giving away free samples of sausages at the store. You've got uh, Tony worried, you know, that his crew isn't making enough money. And you've got uh, Junior who's up to his, you know, ears in legal bills trying to, uh, you know, fight the government. So everyone's just worried about money, dude. That's that's what this episode's about. Well, I mean, I think The Sopranos started as the idea, like the idea was that it was, uh, you know, the mafia entering this uh, sort of unknown period and, and like this era of decline. And then now 9-11 happened and now like the whole country is uh is right there in the same boat as the, the mafia was at the beginning of the show oh yeah 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 they're like they're like uh, what are we gonna do now i don't know uh you know everybody's everybody's an un got an uncertain future that was that was carmela's yeah. whole thing she's like don't you watch the news um i mean she's basically trying to remind tony that he's gonna die someday but also uh yeah it was kind of like you know go go put something away for a rainy day because who knows what's yeah. going to happen? Do you do you think that um, the mafia did nine eleven just to bring everyone into their level? No, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> obviously George Bush did nine eleven. Yeah, yeah. That's the mafia that's clear. did the Kennedy assassination. So, so we have a new segment on the show that I'm starting right now, uh, <laughs> and it's called uh, "Who Did Nine Eleven." This is where I go through and I ask all of our guests who did it. No, we call uh, that the never forget machine. The never forget. <laughs> the never forget machine. Uh, Max, who did 9-11? I mean, Nancy Pelosi. I think. Absolutely. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I, anyone, anyone who's ever done the shallowest of dives, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on on the internet uh into this knows that i don't think there's any any controversy about it (laughs) yeah no everyone knows everyone was just like yeah you know that was uh uh, she needed she needed that oil money to buy more ice cream fridges mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. she needed the money uh to buy more uh kente cloth to uh pander to the black community (laughs) um and uh, she needed to use the uh, the secret gold that was hidden in the World Trade Center um, that everyone knows about. Um, that was actually used specifically so that she could buy a personal trainer uh, that would teach her how to do uh, sleigh claps at presidents she doesn't <laughs> like. Um, and so that she could continue denying health care to uh, millions of people. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I accept that. Nancy Pelosi did 9-11. You heard it here first. <laughs> Um, so speaking, uh, of, uh, 9-11, this, like I said before, this is the first episode that actually mentions it, um, because this is the first episode since 9-11 and well, all the previous episodes, um, you know, uh, took place obviously, and were filmed before, uh, 9-11 and, um, and we've been just kind of like waiting for this moment on the show. Cause one of the things in the intro of the Sopranos, you see him, you know, going through the uh, New Jersey, uh, uh, whatever you call it, the big pay road, uh, turnpike. Yep. Who, that's the one. Oh yeah. doesn't matter. We'll call it the big pay road out here. Um, and, uh, you see like, you know, in the back, uh, you know, rear view mirror, you see, uh, the twin towers. Um, and, uh, those are gone now. Um, not, not in the intro anymore. 
Um, they took those away. And, uh, and ever since we've said at, at, from the beginning on the show that the nineties officially ends at nine 11, um, which means that on this episode, we have to retire my favorite bumper. It's the nineties, which is so sad because this is, this show has been very nineties this whole time, Max, like, like, uh, it's, it's funny, like rewatching this show, you forget that it's a a show that started in the nineties and you kind of like, you know, upon rewatch, you go like, Oh yeah, this is like filled with uh kind of nineties references, nineties nostalgia. And that yeah. kind of continues on even through last season. Um, and so I had a segment or we had a segment where we talked about all the nineties moments in the episodes, but that no longer is going to happen because this is the first one. So Vince, um, uh-huh. one last time, for for everyone, let's lay to rest the it's the nineties. Oh, we're bumper. doing requiems for our bumpers now. Okay, requiem for our bumper. Sure. It's the last time. It's the nineties. Parents are supposed to discuss sex with their children. It's the nineties. It's, it's the nineties. Nineties. All right, R.I.P. <laughs> That's yeah. We're gonna have to do one called it's the aughts, and uh, I don't know if you can make one out of like Aaron Lewis from Stained, or mm-hmm. or maybe you know Trapped. Uh, something that oh, really tra- just screams aughts. I don't know. I, trapped well, will... Crazy Town. Wasn't Crazy Town aughts? Yeah, it was technically, but uh, it, it happened. Like that song came out right before 9-11. So technically... Okay. I see. Th- technically 90s. You know, I, okay. That's that's how it works. That's the criteria. I get <laughs> that, you. That's the criteria. That's when the 90s ended. Um, but yeah... Uh, yeah, so 90s are over, and we're at 9-11, and... Uh, well, Butterfly was released before 9-11, so... Right. That, yeah, thus it qualifies as... That's what it. I'm saying. Yeah. Thus it qualifies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, one of my favorite scenes that happens uh, in this episode is the only scene in which they actually mention 9-11, and uh, it is... It is... Bobby Bacala and Tony are eating a steak at a diner and uh, they, so, so I had a, I had to do some research on this scene. Like, oh yeah. Did you, were you bothered by the fact that they both order a steak sand and like, I couldn't, I didn't know what a steak, he said steak sand and I assumed it was steak sandwich and there's clearly not a sandwich on the plate. I, I noticed. I thought it might be an open face, like there might be a piece of bread under it. That's what I assumed. So, I was like, maybe that's a, an open face sandwich, or there were just like that was in the script, and they just—I don't know. I I just was like, I'm I'm willing to let it go. But are you telling me it's not a sand? Okay, Which? so there was two. So I I went to two Jersey guys to figure out like what the deal. I went went to Alan Seppenwall, our Sopranos expert and Jersey resident. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, and then I went to Dan Otzi, who has also been on the show, and. Um, yeah, like neither of them could figure it out. Uh, eventually, <clears throat> we st- we thought maybe it's a it was like short for steak San Marco, which is like a steak mm. with uh, like onion and tomato gravy on top. So that was the first thought. Uh, and then um, there was uh, another someone uh, in my Twitter feed actually looked up the place where they were shooting, which was the Versailles Diner in Fairfield, New Jersey. <clears throat> And uh, uh, according to the menu, they do an open steak sandwich, which is just a New York strip on top of a piece of garlic bread with fries. And, there we uh, go. That sounds like the most plausible explanation. Because I, I looked up Steak San Marco, 
and uh, it looks more like a stew, kind of like it's more like mm-hmm. it's got more of a gravy, and that just looked like a straight up steak. So I, I I tend to buy the theory that it was a steak on top of a piece of garlic bread, and you just couldn't see the bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and Tony Tony only orders his his steaks and after seeing uh, Bobby with his, <laughs> yeah, and being, and being filled with lust and envy. Yeah. <laughs> it really is the most like d- distilled version of like what a mafioso Don is, you know, when they just, they see an underling eating better than them. And yeah. they're just like, uh, you know, cause a part of him, when he was like looking at it, I, I could tell he was like thinking to myself, are you going to kick up 50% of that to me? <laughs> um, yeah. Also, but then ra- yeah, yeah. Rather than saying anything, he was just like, I'll, I'll order one of those. Right. And then later in the episode, when um, Christopher goes and visits his mom and they're talking about, they're discussing the nephew who got fat and she thinks it's because she blames it on him, the kid not getting baptized because it's like, <laughs> like, like the, she's sort of insinuating like that the devil has made him fat. And it made me think, Lady, have like you looked around at the people <laughs> <laughs> that are around this kid, like Bobby Bacala and Vito and Tony? Like, I'm pretty sure it was probably the steak sand and not the devil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no lifestyle problems here. It must be a God problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Um, but yeah, one uh, of our one of one of one of our lines like on tour. Just feeling awful, really hungover. Was it must be all the rich food? You know, mm-hmm. you got you got to have, you know, you got to have your scapegoat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, we're we're eating too good. That's that's the problem. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, yeah, that's where hangovers come from. You know, it's yeah. caviar um, and uh, duck l'orange. That's right. And, and uh, you know um, that that fatty duck liver that people eat foie gras foie gras there you go yeah that's right yeah that's what I'm i know about, about food <laughs> um so yeah uh the the only mention of 9-11 that happens in the show uh is one of my favorite scenes because it immediately leads into a conversation um that has nothing to do with 9-11 and uh yeah i i have a clip of it i'm really went downhill after the world trade center you know quasimodo predicted all this who did what? All these problems, the Middle East, the end of the world. Nostradamus. Quasimodo's the hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, right. Nostradamus. <laughs> Nostradamus and Notre Dame. It's two different things completely. It's interesting, though, to be so similar, isn't it? And I always thought, okay, hunchback of Notre Dame. You also got your quarterback and your halfback of Notre Dame. One's a fucking cathedral. Obviously, I know. I'm just saying. It's interesting, the coincidence. What? You're going to tell me you never pondered that? The back thing with Notre Dame? No. <laughs> just <laughs> God, man. I mean, uh, is that not a conversation we all had for about a year after 9-11? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like we all were just like, you heard about uh, Nostradamus predicting this, right? Like, <laughs> just like, that is, oh, it, it's like, watching that scene is... It, for me, it evokes these feelings of like, there are definitely way more Guido QAnon people than we can even th- imagine. Oh. Well, remember, we talked about the Mafia Don who got killed in Staten Island and everybody thought it was a mob thing, but it was like a Q thing. You remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, last year. Yeah. Yes. You're kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, straight up. Everyone thought it was a Mafia hit. 
because it was a Don getting killed. It was a boss. And then when they arrested the guy, they, they looked through and they he was trying to do a citizen's arrest. And uh, <laughs> and apparently he was a follower of Q and he was like the mafia's in it somehow. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if anyone's going to be like, I don't know, like part of the, the child pedophile ring cabal, well, it got, makes sense that the mafia would be They'd have to get implicated. their beak wet. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think to me, like, the most interesting thing about that scene is that it sort of fills out or sort of fleshes out the Bobby character a little more because yeah, I think up until this point, Bobby seems um, like he's clearly like the most sensitive one. He's mm-hmm. he's kind of like the voice of reason. Like everybody else is kind of like the sociopathic killer. But Bobby is kind of like this doting guy who is who takes everybody's shit and just takes care of the old guy. But then like in this season, or sorry, in this scene, you find out that, no, no, he's also an idiot. Right. <laughs> he, he's also an idiot. And But yeah, this is the first, maybe one of the first times he he's assertively an idiot. You know? Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, gets one, yeah. he gets one promotion and suddenly he has the balls to be like, no, come on, halfback in Notre Dame, hunchback in yeah. Notre Dame. I mean, it literally, yeah. the conversation starts out with uh, Tony being like, so, a lot of new responsibility with this, you know, with this bump. Uh, you, you think you're up for it? And he's and he's immediately confident about it, which is like a surprising thing. He's so confident that he's like, uh, he's like, I'm going to share my Nostradamus theory and uh, my halfback of Notre Dame theory with Tony. Like, yeah, it is the first time you see him confidently stupid and you're just like, I like this new Bobby. I like it. He's He's got a... Yeah. You know, it's a it's a it's a Stephen Jenkins level of confidence that I really appreciate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. So uh, I, I'm curious. So, like, I mean, to to me, the Sopranos are. I mean, that they're, they're telling the joke. I mean, yeah. It, you know, it, it, I mean that that's my perspective at least. The show is not the joke. The show is telling the joke. Yeah, it, and and it's it's. Uh, you know, it's just the most, uh, you know, violent um, kind of comedy yeah. ever, ever made. Yeah. Um, uh, is that where you guys land oh. or do you see the, the show? 100%. Okay. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's what's it's great funniest... about it is that like, yeah. you know, in other mafia things before this, the mafia is kind of like menacing and, you know, organized, like or it's right in the title. But, and cool. Yeah, Everyone's cool. Yeah. And in this, it's very much, it's very much more true to how I imagine life is, which is that, you know, any conspiracy and especially a criminal conspiracy is going to be made up uh, mostly like of morons. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that's the thing is there. Yeah. In most, in most uh, mafia movies or, or whatever, they're, yeah, they're kind of exalted figures. They're mm-hmm. like they're they're like uh, you know these caricatured villains. Whereas Tony Soprano and the rest of them are everyman schlubs who yes. who are just who are just just like the rest of us, just being you know kicked around by you know capitalism and its mm-hmm. symptoms. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean the whole thing with Tony is that. He's a mafia don, but he's also a suburban dad with all the baggage that comes with yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And and like the uh you know, the the kind of 
the way that he is portrayed uh, as like even in his most like tough moments, even even him being like that actual badass you see in like Goodfellas or or Godfather or whatnot, like it's always evened out with some petty uh yes. family drama at home you know like yes. he just wants to eat ice cream in peace <laughs> like yeah like at the end of the day like he might be you know someone who's gonna you know murder someone with his bare hands right he's a sociopath yeah. but he's also like someone who just wants to relax after a day <laughs> at work he's, you know? he's also he's also a lazy petty fool yes. you know? <laughs> yeah know <laughs> yeah like the casual he represents like the casual, casual sociopathy, sociopathy mm-hmm. of the suburban dad. I would say, yes, yeah, like, just made even more, like you know, stylized a little bit, but uh, but yeah, it's yeah. all yeah. there. Uh, and that's that scene with uh, Carmela, because like that's the other sort of driving force of this episode is that Carmela sees um, Jeannie, Jeannie Bumpinsero, yeah, sees sees her. Oh yeah, it's Gene. It was Ange. Ange Bumpinsero. Angie Bumpinsero. Yeah, she sees Angie yeah. Bumpinsero having to do uh, sa- sausage uh, samples at the grocery store, and I thought, I yeah. Thought by was... the way, which is is a job. Right. That's just called having a job. That's what I thought yes, was so funny. Exactly. Is that she treats like the idea of someone having a job as like so yes. degrading and beneath her. Yes, completely. It's just it's it's. Dude, yeah, it's just her total abject vanity on display. Yes. It, 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 you know? Uh, the, fi- the fact that she finds it threatening, like, she's like, what if I have to do that someday? And it's because <laughs> yeah. she's built her entire life on this, like, on this house of cards, uh, yes. which is, you know, uh, at any moment could crumble. And yep. and that is, of course, like, you know, that's, uh, that's an analogy for, I think, most, uh, like, uh, suburban people like there is a yeah. bit of a house of cards when you're you know building uh building your life on uh you know whatever the hell suburban people do for a living that th- that in which they think that what they're doing is better than you know yeah. fucking selling kielbasa sausage at, at the grocery store yeah and and, and credit and the cruel mm-hmm. of debt and yes all of that stuff that yeah could could at any point with the slightest wrong move Mm-hmm. you know make make it all come crashing down yeah yeah and they have this great conversation uh tony and carmela because she's freaking out about like seeing angie selling this kill bosses and is like you know what what's gonna happen uh if something god forbid happens to you tony and they have a uh, just one of my favorite conversations ever <laughs> about money between uh, the family and i i have a clip of that you're setting perpetuity there's money in overseas accounts. I don't have the serial numbers. You'll have them when the time comes. Jesus Christ, Carmela, I've been busting my pick all day long to bring home the money you're so concerned about. And I thought maybe I could have a Sunday and zone out in front of the friggin' TV. Because, hey, you're right, my job is extremely stressful. I'm talking about some simple estate planning, Tony, that's all. My cousin, Brian Camerata, has helped lots of people set up trusts for their kids begin asset allocation. We could be putting aside some of that to start a portfolio. Stocks? You gotta be high up in a corporate structure to make that shit work for you. We don't have those Enron-type connections. We don't have those GameStop-like connections. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's like, that scene again is like a great example of the genius of The Sopranos in that it sort of punctures like the myth of the overbearing mob guy that 
dominates his wife and sort of dominates his family and is sort of like the overbearing uh, patriarch because mm-hmm. you know tony tries to pull that because that's probably like what he's seen in movies and carmela just immediately fucking stabs him in the gut just by just yeah. with the way she looks at him and it's like- i know <laughs> dude my, my blood pressure went up in that scene i mean every, every time she goes at him because it's so effective like uh she just yeah. looks What's at the him? last yeah. line What's the last line she delivers in that scene where she stands oh, up? She says, everything comes to an end. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, she's basically telling him, like, whether it's going to be your life or this economy or, you know, well, or, you're or going to get It felt like a slight 9-11. She's like, look at the news, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like, everything can come crumbling down uh, at, at any time. And um, hey, everyone, Matt Lieb here. Have you seen Chuck Norris lately? Not like around, you know, the block or whatnot. I'm not saying have you seen, run into him at your local grocery store. I'm saying, have you seen what his body looks like? He is still kicking butt and staying active well into his 80s. And what's even more shocking is he somehow looks more jacked than ever and seems to have more energy than guys half his age. And it's all thanks to Morning Kick, a revolutionary new daily drink from Roundhouse Provisions that combines ultra-potent greens like spirulina and kale with probiotics, prebiotics, collagen, and even ashwagandha. Just mix with water, stir, and enjoy. Unlike other green drinks out there, this one actually tastes like strawberry lemonade and has hundreds of five-star reviews. Since I started drinking Morning Kick, and yes, I have started drinking it. Why? Because they sent me some. And honestly, I've never felt better. My digestion is smoother. My body looks leaner. And I have energy all day. I just, I feel younger, even though I I am a young man. I feel even younger, bro. Like, if you know anything about me, you know that I'm someone who is obsessed with gut health, all right? You know, I, I I drink kombucha. I like a I like a probiotic drink. I do all sorts of things to make sure that my gut is healthy. And I'll tell you, this is actually great for your gut, and it actually tastes good, which is not something you can say about kombucha. Let's be honest. And another thing I loved about it: easy to prepare. I love that it's just something you just mix with water and stir. I didn't have to like you know learn to make a culture from a scoby or whatever. Like I just had to. Buy some morning kick, mix it with water, stir it, drink it down. And it tasted great. So if you want something that tastes good, makes your digestion feel smoother, and make your body look leaner and give you more energy, try morning kick. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash pod yourself for up to 44% off your regular priced order. Plus, every purchase is backed by a 90-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to experience smoother digestion, a boost of energy, and just an overall healthier body, then go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash pod yourself today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I uh, I just want to say I love him stopping himself from yelling at her in the middle of eating the ice cream. Like my job <laughs> yeah. is extremely stressful. Like it's it's the yeah. same tone of someone who like works in a, in a in an accounting firm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I love yeah. that. <laughs> like yeah, and they play with that later too when mm-hmm. he's kind of handing some guilt back to her saying you know he's or she's kind of guilting him for not being home for dinner mm-hmm. and 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 he's saying you know you're always busting my balls about money well you know this is i, I gotta work right and then working working for him is is hang, hang you know hanging out with the with the hookers I, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah like the first level of genius to me is that she she stops his mid rant just by looking at him in a way that makes him realize how full of shit he is and immediately right. stops him in his tracks and that's like the brilliant that's like the level of brilliance number one and then like the second level of brilliance is that the sopranos never lets anyone be like the hero or the badass for too long because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in that yeah. moment carmela's the hero and then like a second later she's talking about her like shitty cousin who like does you know <laughs> who does like stock bullshit so like she's clearly like a vain shitty person uh also that's such a that's such a great point that's so true like every anytime someone gets you, you know, has a moment of being principled or mm-hmm. or courageous mm-hmm. or or e- empathetic. They're they're very quickly dragged right back down to fucking corporeal, you know, existence. It's they, like a they, squeeze they, of lemon on everything, no matter what. You know, yeah. it just makes well, it come. Yeah, they can't break out of of uh, this predatory economic system and this like this economic system that favors uh you know nepotism and knowing people so it's like immediately she's back to being like well what about all these other like regular scams that we've heard of like uh stocks and bonds <laughs> like like let's yeah. do let's do the regular people scans uh, scams and yeah. tony's like no we don't know anyone at enron right. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah and the way this comes to a head which is another beautiful thing about the show is that you know Tony? Half of this episode is Tony hiding money that he's got, and he doesn't want to tell his wife 
that he's got all this money like under the floorboard and then he eventually hides it in the cracked corn that he uses to feed the ducks because mm-hmm. he knows she won't mess with that. And and so there's sort of this open question of like, why is he hiding this from his wife? His wife knows he's a mob boss. Why does he need to hide the fact that he's got money all over the house? And like the answer is just because he doesn't want to hear her shit. Like that's the sole <laughs> yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. Man, one of my favorite lines is is him when she catches him stowing it, explaining to her that like uh, they're they're oh, the, the south to Canada, <laughs> yeah. you know the ducks. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're from North the Canada. Fly, yeah, yeah, the ducks you know, fly south. Yeah, you yeah. know to the to the ducks from Canada. This is south to them. This is the south to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Like like Tony and AJ have the both the same ability to like lie in a way that's so ridiculous uh, that you're like, it, I it, like you just feel that people believe them because they're like you wouldn't make up a lie so stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. So but, we, so this. Sorry. Go ahead. This um spurns uh this spurs tony to um kind of take a little bit more control of his finances because he's realizing that like these things are piling up like his wife's worried uh you know a junior is worried about um you know his legal fees and so he goes uh to gather up his crew together to uh try to push them into uh you know making more money uh, what I love that there's actually a, a shared theme that happens uh, where like, so w- when we're at the doctor's office with Junior and Tony, Junior is complaining about uh, all of his legal fees. And one of his solutions for like paying less in legal fees is the Xeroxing fees. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the specific line, but he's like, he's yelling at Tony. Why d- why can't we all just share one piece of paper? Uh <laughs> And and you realize that like the like the mafia in general, their way of like skimming a little bit off the top or like saving money is always these like dumb little petty ideas. Because uh, Tony gets into kind of his own version of save money via uh, on on copies uh, when he enters the Bing and sees the bartender wasting ice. Yeah. Um, oh, such a great fucking scene so, just definitely uh. this this one i would say is my favorite scene of the episode if we're doing favorite least favorite this is my favorite um it, it might be mine too yeah it's it's kind of the clear winner um because of the button and everything but i i have a clip of that you're wasting fucking ice oh it's mostly milk what are you fucking argue with me now if that shit goes on trees ice no i i don't what, are you getting cute with me? No. I think you are. I think you're getting a fucking attitude on you. I'm not. Ice tone when it hangs around. Hey, Georgie, be quiet. <laughs> but it gets watery. It dilutes the drinks, especially scotch. Jesus Christ. Hey, throw it all away now. Waste it all, fucking John D. Rockefeller. Waste it all. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> Conserve. That scene, that that's that scene blows away, in my opinion. The what I amuse you, uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, completely. Pesci scene, yes. Like yeah. it, it's it's it the the tension because it's it's just it's it's even sadder because it's <laughs> it's like the the guy doesn't he's I mean 
talk about an idiot. Like this is an idiot <laughs> among idiots. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't know. He's just a fucking moron. He's right. not trying to be smart. No, he's not. It's, and that's it's clearly basically... why they put him in that job. Like that's clearly like the shit job that they gave out to the guy yeah. who can't handle anything bigger. And yeah. you know what, what I realized about Georgie is that uh, he is basically a redux of Spider yeah, from, very from Goodfellas. Spider scene, yeah. he's, spy, he's like like Michael Imperioli's character in Goodfellas, like asking, you know, what drink? Oh, I thought you said you wanted it. Sp- yeah. You were good Spider. Like basically his whole character is just, are we good yeah. Spider? I thought, and I thought it, you totally. said I'm all right, Spider. Yeah, I thought you said I'm all right, Spider. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like he is the the punching bag, and you feel bad for him because you're right, M- Max. In like in a fucking in a cabal of idiots to be dumber than the cabal yeah. and yeah. be a lower rank than everybody. Like you're, well, you're just you're not ready for this world, dude. You're gonna get fucking. <laughs> killed because you're Dude, sec- you're gonna get killed and it's not the only time it happens to him there's that episode no. <laughs> where ralphie fucking destroys him yeah, yeah just starts sw- season that was. Sw- swinging yeah. a chain at him and and quoting uh quoting gladiator and then like tony has beaten him with a- <laughs> tony's beaten him with a phone before and it's yeah. most and it's mostly due to his mouth and, and it's because he's just he's just a dumb guy so he's like he's no, a but- dumb guy he's a dumb guy he can't learn the lessons because he he doesn't know what he did <laughs> he right. doesn't know well the other thing he that the, this scene this scene reminded me of uh i took a press trip to uh dubai and you know in dubai they have that whole like that indoor like ski slope that's in a mall what wow. you don't yeah you know you've, you've seen that you haven't seen that before i've never no, seen that never that's amazing that. well, so dubai has an indoor ski slope at a mall how do i get how do i get a press pass <laughs> and then <laughs> so we're there and like at, at at a certain time every day in the afternoon they do a penguin show and they have like the penguins <laughs> come out and the penguins do like a little show and there's this guy who i think was from like somalia based on his accent but he you know he's running he's like the mc of the penguin show in Dubai, and uh, and he's talking about like how do we make sure that there's still like penguins out there? You know, he's doing like the the environmental like conservationist uh, spiel, like right. And he's like, and how yeah. do we do that? And and every and uh, and everybody's like, reduce, reuse, recycle. And I'm looking around, and it's like, how do we ensure that there's more penguins? Well, the first way we do it is we don't have a fucking ski slope he's in the desert. Back. number one and that's very much like georgie in this scene because it's like he's getting shit on for uh for like uh inefficiency and craft Mm -hmm. and like that the entire that's that's their entire business model is built around the whole thing yeah this is the tiniest microcosm of what they are (laughs) yes and uh, and he's at the very bottom of the hierarchy just getting pounded and he doesn't know he doesn't understand he's like oh yeah no i just i wanted the ice for the drinks, though, you don't want water <laughs> in the scotch. Uh, uh, just yelling, breaking. beating someone uh, with a, a bunch of ice, and then just pointing your finger and saying "conserve" is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's, yeah, that's genius. Oh, genius. Oh. So, can we talk it's about genius? I, I want mm-hmm. to ask. You know, I want to get Matt going on on Christopher because this is. Mm. You know, this is one of the first, well, I guess not the first, but I feel like his heroin addict, heroin addiction yeah. has, has amped up 
uh, in this episode. And, you know, he... So we got Lola Gladini, who plays, like, the undercover hot FBI agent who has befriended uh, Adriana. And uh, mm-hmm. and Christopher comes home, and he's just being mean to her yeah. for no reason. And then you realize it's because he's, like, he's, like, itchy, and he's he needs some heroin. And then mm-hmm. they... Uh, and it's also the first time we meet Carmela's dog, Cosette, who apparently has had oh, its AIDS vocal- dog, yeah, AIDS sorry, dog, yeah, yeah, AIDS dog, who has had its vocal cords removed and now makes a terrible <laughs> sound. Um, yeah, and then so and, and Christopher delivers the fucking fabulous line that mainlining is less addictive than oh, smoking yeah. heroin. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He's like stunad. It's more addictive that way as he <laughs> as he's shooting up heroin into his fucking between his toes that was one of my uh suggested titles for this episode my suggested titles were uh straighten up and shy right and uh nice i'm, I'm just chipping because that's what he tells <laughs> he tells yeah. adriana that oh no no i'm just don't worry i'm just chipping yeah yeah um what does that mean exactly matt uh, I mean, as far as I've never used the word chipping because I've never explained to anyone, uh, you know, while I was <laughs> when I was using, I was never like, oh, don't worry, I'm fine. I just made sure no one knew about it. Um, but uh, uh, also, Max, I'm the I'm the resident uh, heroin addict in recovery here. Uh, so awesome. so I can uh, yeah, I I talk about all the drug stuff and I let Vince know because he's a pussy and he's <laughs> never done it. <laughs> um, but um yeah, no. So like chipping is as far as uh, I know is just what you say when you're saying, "Oh no, I just uh I use every uh every once in a while. Uh it's like uh tasting. I don't know what it derives from the word, but it's something that people say when they are uh lying to themselves about some, not being Some people addicted. grip it and rip it, you know. They really like take out the driver yeah. and other people they're just practicing chipping. They're just keeping it yeah. around the greens. They're just Yeah, uh, it's what you say when you're just, you know, you're you're, you're just you know, shooting heroin on the weekends. It's not yeah, like a right. big deal. It's yeah. when you exactly. It's when you shoot heroin like a gentleman. Right, you know? right, right. You, 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 no track marks. You just do it between your toes, which, by the way, is like, uh, I mean, you know, I'm sure people have, you know, definitely do that. But I, I've, I've never and uh, uh, shot anything between my toes. Like, I, I just... I don't fully understand it. I mean, I'm not sure if that is if you're if you there is a vein there or um, Dude, I, I think that means you're 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 fine. I think that means you don't have a problem. And you can yeah, probably, no, <laughs> you can probably get back to it without. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what they say. They say in recovery that um, all you know you that you should abstain from all drugs, uh, but it's okay to shoot between your toes because that's fine. Uh, yeah. it's, it's very normal. <laughs> Everyone does it. Well, it just means it just means your, your heroin habit habit isn't too bad. You're managing it. You got it under control. So. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're good. Yeah, you're good. Uh, so, and uh, no, nothing bad will come from it. So that leads yeah. uh, to the climactic like ending scene um, mm-hmm. of the episode in which um, I guess it, it feels it's hard to tell whether Tony has mementoed Christopher because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's convinced him that like oh i found the guy who killed your father uh mm. well so yeah the the interesting thing about that is like um you do kind of question whether or not he is just sending him to kill somebody um 
uh, and and just saying that it's his father. And and he talks later to Melfi about how he's like in the process of um, cementing his relationship with an underling. Um, and so you think, oh, is this is this real? You know, is this is this really the guy who killed his father, or is it a trap? And it's hard to say. Um, I I kind of believe it is the guy who killed because he he's crawling on the floor saying I'm sorry. It's oh. that for me. It's that for me too. And it's also it's also the expression that that he registers when Chris says he was my father. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, but like, I guess, yeah. I guess, you know, at that, at that point he's pleading for his life. So maybe, maybe he could have thought, you know, this is, this is all I've got left as, as an option, do some kind of admission. I, yeah. 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 It, it, to me, it's I mean, hard to tell. It's, it's kind of one of those questions that's, uh, that's like what's in the suitcase in Pulp Fiction. It kind of doesn't entirely matter, um, to the, to the story. It's kind of, it's, you know, we're there. That's what he knows. And that's what he's going to do. Um, regardless, mm-hmm. but I love the way that they kind of do this like journalism cr- cliche kind of thing where, uh, they start out with, you know, Oh he, yeah. Remember when he killed your dad, when he was walking home with the crib for you. And then it was like, Oh, <laughs> oh. no, it wasn't a, a crib. It was, oh. t- it was TV trays. And then Christopher was like, yeah. And he was walking home with a TV tray for me. Like, <laughs> like he has to make it. <laughs> yeah, into- that, that's my favorite scene. That, yeah. That's my, that's my favorite scene. That that's hands down the saddest, funniest <laughs> moment. It wasn't a crib at all. It was fucking TV trays. Yeah. Yeah. It's and like, he said, could have been, could have been a crib been. just the same, you know, <laughs> just the same. it's because, because, you know, Italians are very like grandiose and, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know they like opera romantic and yeah. romantic yeah. and so like he had to be for it to really land he had to be shot in the act of being a father it couldn't just be like oh he shot him <laughs> it's like no he shot him right when he was trying to be a father to me and yeah not yeah when he was, being he was a gangster he was putting a, a spoon full of gabagool in my mouth and you <laughs> shot him dead in the street it wasn't like, just it wasn't just retribution for him blinding a guy it was like yeah. no he shot him when he had his bottle and he was about to feed me and then (laughs) yeah it's uh yeah when really it was literally he he has some stolen tv trays that he was like (laughs) oh this will be good for when we're eating in front of the television (laughs) just there's no glory in that death unless you go he was bringing home a tv tray for me to eat (laughs) supper on it's not dinner anymore now it's supper uh just like yeah it has to be romanticized because he has to also you know Number one, his father has to have a romantic death, but also number two, he has to justify this cold-blooded murder that he's about to do right. and like build up his hatred a little bit. Yeah, um, but- yeah. I mean, romance, romance, and cultural pride are their kind of chief rationalization, yeah, mechanisms. You know, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And as long as we're talking about um, favorite scenes, uh, mine was actually uh, I really love Carmela's father, Hugh. And how his his <laughs> yeah. wife is constantly undermining him, and uh, and so they're at that they're at that dinner with Ralphie and AJ's new AJ's new rich dickhead friend from school, 
and uh, you know whose name is Matt. Whose name is Matt? Yeah, yeah. And, and Ralphie goes through that whole spiel about her motorcycle and how he used to have a badass motorcycle, and uh, and Hugh wants to get in on the nostalgia accent action, so he tells his own story about motorcycles and i have a clip of that it's so good yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i found it here we go one time i'm alongside this turbo with doctor plates we come off the line he's got this big jew grin you're not jewish are you matt Pef. anyway he knows it's all in fun <laughs> i love that phrase <laughs> i've never heard the phrase big jew grin before I've never <laughs> like i i didn't know we had different grins but i i love the idea <laughs> Of there being a stereotypical Jew grin, according to Ralphie Cifaretto. He's just like, you know, the one where they're like, you know, the, the, the nose is really pointed down and they're holding a globe, you know, like, and the, the, their tentacles are showing. Yeah. I just, he's like a big Jew grin. He's just talking about a smile. Yeah. He's also, he's got his ascot. Has come back and uh, yeah. oh yeah yeah there is such yeah. like a storied history of the bad guy wearing an ascot like I think it was it uh-huh. started with Caddyshack you know the uh, the bad guy in Caddyshack wears an mm-hmm. ascot and I was just watching uh, Karate Kid three last night with my stepson which is by far the worst of the Karate Kids and it has like a super over the top bad guy who like has a heel turn in the middle of the movie and as soon as he has the heel turn the next scene he's wearing an ascot just like Ralphie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Section Avenue, New Dutch Lane. We're doing 110. Boom! Right through the light. I look back. He's white as false teeth. <laughs> In my day, there was a motorcycle called the Vincent Black Shadow. Boy, did that thing take off. The hoods all drove those. They beat you up that time. You remember on City <laughs> Island? he just gotten out of the Navy. I think he weighed 105 pounds. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's my favorite part is... He was trying to have a moment of reverie, and his wife was like, oh, yeah, they kicked your ass, remember? <laughs> yeah, remember? You weighed 105 pounds. You just got out of the Navy. <laughs> and it's, he's like, he's literally just trying to reminisce about a cool motorcycle that people used to have. <laughs> and his wife can't let him live down the fact that he got his ass kicked. Meanwhile, there's like the, uh, the most nightmarish pairing possible for Tony uh, going on in the middle of that dinner, which makes complete sense that like the two most sociopathic characters on the show ralphie and janice would like eventually find common ground over something i know i'm just like and you know i'm not here to body shame anyone but just the ugliest sex in the world (laughs) oh it's 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 revolting oh just the thought of ralphie and janice just ugh, there's just my god dude the kind of hell spawn they would create if they had had a kid it's so viscerally gross that you forget like the ridiculous context of that which is that ralphie is at a dinner for his boss with his uh girlfriend with his girlfriend on her birthday and he has gone into the bathroom to do coke with his boss's sister and finger banger in the bathroom. His girlfriend, his girlfriend who just lost her son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Or his girl. And, and she and asked Janice. Janice. And, and Janice. And, and did you notice Janice walks into the bathroom with her coke straw? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's ready. Yeah, she has it. She has it already. The Janice is. She's like. I mean. She's a she's a veteran fucking uh like uh, in terms of doing drugs like she knows when someone's going to the bathroom to do coke she she's can just smell like it. she can yeah. smell that shit she's like oh oh yeah I know exactly what he's up to and um and and, and again you know, like the brilliance yeah. of the Sopranos is like 
if you take that scene in the context that you know it is you're like wow ralphie is like this comical cartoon villain but then like when you watch it you're like oh it makes 100 percent sense that he would do that like all yeah totally totally and and even it's it's such a testament to how well and how uh villainous they wrote his character that when he has he has the shortest blip moment of hesitation yeah. before fingering janice he's yeah, like yeah. He, he's like oh what are you doing to me yeah, you know, what are like, you doing to me like i don't want to do this but obviously i'm gonna yeah know? right he's like I'm, I'm not gonna not finger bang you like he's like yeah. but uh, i'd appreciate if you don't put me in this position but since yeah. you're here you gotta love him the dude is uh he's just so heartless and cold and I mean, uh yeah I, I mean he's yeah if, if we're doing like favorite characters i mean mm. god it, he's he he might be it he's just yeah. has there ever been a more despicable <laughs> rendering of a human being <laughs> yes. you know yeah i mean like him to me it is the perfect pairing like you were saying vince because it's it, both janice and ralphie are so they're such sociopaths and they're so despicable in their own ways you know and janice is she's despicable in much different ways but also in like she stole svetlana's uh leg so she could get some records back last season uh you know she's uh allowing herself to get finger fucked by ralphie who's there with someone who's uh, his girlfriend is downstairs who's kid just died like like she is and and the way that she uh, uh, adopts like fucking you know you know what what what, like the spinal tap line whatever bits of uh eastern philosophy happened to drift through her transom like yeah going you know going from like the hippie sort of like uh yeah india yoga meme stuff yes to, yes to to like the pretense of of evangelical christianity <laughs> yeah. it, it's just so good all while just you know behaving so badly all, yeah. all, all and it's always u- useful for the grift that's the only reason exactly. she adopts any of it it's just for the exactly. grift. exactly and there's exactly yeah. there's to an end there's such yes. a beautiful pairing because she is like the petty day-to-day grievance version of ralphie's character like ralphie is a guy who beat a pregnant girlfriend to death like outside of a nightclub and janice has like the exact same mindset that she just applies to kind of being a pain in the ass like right yeah 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 yeah. the only difference is janice pretends to to grapple with these things yeah uh you know when and if it serves her that's the only difference yeah ralphie completely you know, completely to the world also just owns his, his hedonism yeah. and his narcissism and lust for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if we're going least favorite scenes, I do have one nomination, which is, oh. I don't uh, entirely buy that their hookers are Icelandic air stewardesses. I feel like, I don't buy that all those hot stewardesses are uh, stripping for these mob guys. I feel like the quality of their prostitutes would be uh, much lower than. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was confused by that at first, too. But then I figured it was like an escort service that had them costumed. Yeah, yeah. like were they? Were, or like, yeah, I definitely don't buy that they actually got a whole fleet of beautiful Icelandic 
uh, right especially yeah they're all hot i mean like i I'll, i'm willing to believe that every icelandic person is hot but i'm not willing to believe that every uh every hot icelandic person who is <laughs> a stewardess would be down to just like follow some mafiosos home to fuck yeah no way <laughs> yeah no way um no. and that that also led to the episodes with lone dad joke that i saw which was yes uh, where are you from uh reykjavik and he says you do and you'll clean it up which is it's such a weird it's yeah it's <laughs> it a weird scene say a shitty joke like that and everybody wait i don't get it I, I i still i don't it to it's me not it's not a great joke that's why because like reykjavik yeah and you'll clean it up like it doesn't it doesn't really make sense. Like you see where he was trying to go with it, and it doesn't work. And that's why, that's why it works in the context because you could believe, or at least I could believe, Tony uh, trying, well, that, trying to pull I, I off that joke. That's that's the that's the thing that's maybe most impressive and laudable to me about the Sopranos writing yeah. is is the subtlety, like the way that they make like uh, little Carmine especially misspeak. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and 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 use use words that don't exist or right. that don't make sense and and they started to do that with Tony also a little bit more i feel like in later seasons but it's stuff that can go by so quickly that you almost don't notice it and if a stupid person person is watching the show well i guess they wouldn't get it but also <laughs> but but also you could think that it was that it was it was bad writing like yeah right it, right it, so it's it's like it's a brave move for for a writer I think. it's it shows how yeah. good they are uh at being funny like that it shows how funny the show is that they can be purposefully unfunny and it just adds to as the a, show yeah it, as a character it, dynamic right yeah. it, you, you don't feel like you're watching a um let you don't feel like you're watching like a shitty comedy that's like all of the jokes are that the jokes are bad like i fucking hate that i i hate totally. watching a show that's trying to make you laugh and and they and they just do bad jokes and that's, no, that's yeah, supposed it's, to it's be the, the joke. opposite it's the opposite of that kind of manipulative yeah condescending yeah. thing it's it's yeah. actually you know it's asking a lot of the audience yeah yeah and and especially in that moment because carmine uh lupertazzi the the dawn of new york has just pulled tony aside to tell him specifically not to wear shorts when he's hosting other mafia people at his house because the Don doesn't wear shorts. Like he just tells that to him to his face. The last thing he says to him. I was going to ask you guys about that because I, I didn't, I I didn't put that together. So that was a criticism of Carmine's to, uh, that was Carmine criticizing Tony for having worn shorts at his barbecue. There's yeah. Yes. There's a, what does he mean by that? There's a backstory to that. Uh, yeah. Uh, a Don doesn't wear shorts was added into the show after series creator David Chase was contacted by a supposed real life mafia associate who praised him on the authenticity of the show, with the exception of the fact that Tony often wears shorts, which he said a real Don would never do. Wow. <laughs> but it's so funny because, like, what I love, this is one of the things I love about the show is that, like, I-, I-, I actually do think dumb guys, they do watch the show and they like it, but for other reasons. Like, 100%. A, dumb, a dumb guy, like uh, watching The Sopranos, like this mafia guy who called up the creator, doesn't understand that, like, yeah, in real life, I'm sure the- a Don doesn't wear shorts, but the shorts show what level of dawn new jersey is or what level it's like yeah. the sixth it, family 
It's not it, even it, a New York family. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's the it's the everyman schlub thing. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and I think Tony Soprano would. I mean, maybe yes. maybe a generation before him wouldn't. But yeah. But uh, it, yeah. I mean, he's a he's, he's a, New a Jersey. suburban dad from New Jersey. Yeah. He's for sure gonna wear fucking shorts at his pool party. Totally. Yeah. Totally. But and 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 he says the joke right after. He has just been talked down to by New York. And it's funny because it's like, it's almost like he's doubling down on the suburban dad thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's just like, you know, he's mad. And then it, it's like the Reykjavik joke makes no sense. It's it's like he was he was hoping that he could do a, you know, Raker, I just met her type joke. Yeah. And like right. Reykjavik, and he just made one up on the fly. I don't know. If anyone at home understands that joke please email us at frockcast at gmail.com because uh that is one of those jokes i don't think any of us understand i feel confident that the point was that he was trying to he was trying to put together exactly the kind of joke you were just saying and couldn't do it and that's that's Mm -hmm. part of his character yeah Mm -hmm. i think so um all right let's see uh i believe my least favorite is the same scene so um i'm with you there i'll tell you what Um, the scariest scene was what what was the scariest scene uh tony mentioning that i'm 42 and blah 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 and i fucking almost fell out of my chair when he said i'm 42 and i was like wait a second there's no way tony soprano is 42 years old right so i go to wikipedia and sure enough that's exactly how old James Gandolfini would have been like James Gandolfini turned 42 after the episode came out. So when he shot it, he was like 40 or 41. And then I'm thinking like, this is like the third or fourth year of the show. Meaning that when the Sopranos started, he was in his thirties. Gandolfini was like 37 or 38 in the first episodes. And wow. It That's my fucking mind. weird. Holy shit. That wow. guy, that is, I mean, I, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but I see now why he's dead. <laughs> like this yeah. guy's uh, had a must have had an incredibly unhealthy lifestyle to like. I mean, yeah. that means what he? Uh, how old was he when he died? Was he in his fifty one? Fifty one. I mean, just over the course of the of of the seasons, the weight gain is insane. It is I mean, insane because I recently finished it um, like a month ago. Finished mm-hmm. watching the whole thing. For the second time so going back and watching this one episode i was like holy shit he's so skinny yeah you know because yeah. by and, the end of it he is corpulence itself i mean yeah. and you hear, <laughs> you're hearing him you're hearing his his breathing yes you know? it's like a pug dog yeah. <laughs> but the just the, is, the idea that tony soprano was younger at the beginning of the show than i was when we started this podcast uh mm-hmm. was yeah it's terrifying was, yeah, it's terrifying yeah <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that is uh that's pretty that's pretty sad. And uh, you know, fucking uh RIP to him because uh he you know, he, he fucking live fast, die die young. That and that's yeah. what he, that's what he did. And, and leave a uh well, a corpse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> leave a leave a well fed corpse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, all right. Final thing, uh, about this episode that I loved, um, other than Will Arnett had a bit part in this and has never heard from again. Um, at the time I watched the show, cause I didn't watch it when it came out. Um, I, uh, I only knew Will Arnett from, uh, 
uh, a few years later, he ended up doing Arrested Development. So I was very excited to see that he was also in The Sopranos, and then he's and then he's gone. Um, yeah. But shout out to Will Arnett for having a bit role uh, as uh, the wife or as the husband of the uh, undercover agent. But also, this episode introduced me to a song that I didn't know until um, this. I watched the show, uh, "World Destruction" by Time Zone. Yeah. That's Which a is great with, song. with Johnny Rotten on Johnny Rotten, yeah, so Johnny Rotten. That, I, that song is actually the theme song for the Blowback podcast, which I didn't. I don't think I knew about the song before that, but uh, yeah. And every time, yeah. every, every time I listen to it, I well, first of all, I think about how much it slaps, and then second of all, I think about how much I want Johnny Rotten to uh, cover like the B-52s because I think of his mm-hmm. voice in this and all I think of is Johnny Rotten like doing the lyrics to Love Shack and it's like it gets stuck yeah. in my head and I want to hear it so bad. With that, yeah, he has that kind of lilt. It's just a little bit angrier. Yeah. It's, yeah. But, but yeah. I was going to say, yeah, the a couple choice uh, music supervision moments in this episode, that and the ricky nelson song and a lot of a lot of sopranos that like they rely heavily on uh stone's b-sides which yeah if you think about i mean that gives you an indication of how much fucking money they had because if you're <laughs> going to use songs that that aren't super familiar or in the co- consciousness you're going to do rolling stone songs that like i mean they must have paid fucking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for, for that, that usage, I Damn. would guess. Unless they had, uh, you know, um, Silvio from the E Street Band d- negotiate, a, yeah, negotiate a really good deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this the show has introduced me to a lot of really great music that I didn't know before watching the show, and so it's 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 a, it does an interesting thing where sometimes it it plays the perfect song for the moment, and then occasionally it plays a song that you're like, I do it not misses. understand. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand why you chose this song um, for this particular scene. I like the song, but I don't know what you're doing here. But <laughs> yeah. World Destruction is a, a really good one, and I agree with you, Vince, that it is it it does sound uh, kind of B fifty two ish um it's it is you know at least johnny rotten's vocals do um actually uh i i have a clip uh i just want to play a little bit so that uh no yeah it's just uh just so you know if people aren't familiar with the song you know they they can hear it and is that the one called world destruction that's the one okay I would swallow my pride, I would choke on the rind, but the lack thereof would leave me empty inside. I would swallow my dope, turn it inside out, find nothing but faith in nothing. What a put the tender hot in a blender, I've just been round to a pillow full of oblivion. Rendezvous. And I'm fucking through, yeah, I'm through, I'm through, fucking yeah. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, that uh, that slap. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's it's that's a great track. Um, really, yeah, really, really strong lyric. Uh, 
Yeah. So, I mean, you guys now owe me another thousand Americans. <laughs> Max, you have no idea how as soon as I did it, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to pull the trigger on this one. I'm, I am way well, too... <laughs> I was I, like, so, so that was your voice? Yeah, that was me. That was me doing an impression of Johnny Rotten as best as I could. You doing John Johnny Rotten doing Eve Six? Yeah, I you know yeah. I, I I think I have to I think I have to pay a lot of people now. I have to pay you, and I have to pr- yeah. pay both Africa Bombada and Johnny Rotten and the guy from B Fifty Two too. You, you don't have to pay performance uh, in the U.S., so you're good. You just got to pay me. But now that I know, <laughs> but now that I know that you were considering uh, paying them and that your coffers are that full, um, I'll expect you know I'll expect three K American for that one. God damn! All right, I gotta do. You, uh, do you take uh, EBT? You got, you got- <laughs> I, I, yeah, I take EDT. Um, my the, the link to my to my EDT is in my Instagram bio. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, I was. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, what an episode! I think uh, you know. I think we can safely say that this episode is a solid B plus. Solid. Yeah. That, that, that's probably my rating. Solid yeah. B plus. Solid B plus. Um, yeah. I mean, I you know I don't have a I don't have a frame of reference, so I I I I don't I don't feel comfortable you know really really chiming in, but it felt like it went pretty well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. This episode, this episode was a solid A plus. The episode of The Sopranos was a solid oh, I B+. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Right, sure. Yeah. No, this, <laughs> this was great. Seriously, thank you, Max, so much for coming on the show. Uh, where can uh, people find you uh, on the internet? And do you have anything to plug? Um, yeah, at Eve Six is uh, the account that that I've been uh, mad tweeting from. The funniest fucking account on Twitter, in my opinion. That shit, Thank like you. my my girlfriend uh, said, n- not not to brag, but I have a girlfriend. Uh, she uh, she says like this. This seems like Matt. If you if you had actually lived your dream and became a rock star, this is exactly the type of Twitter account that you would have. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's a great. Uh, it's so funny. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, I, I'm I am having a good time with it, and uh, yeah, and then uh, Eve Six, believe it or not, has new well, not a new record out quite yet, but um, we just put out a single called Black Nova, and nice. uh, we'll be putting out another one end of April, kind of like uh, dripping out singles, and then uh, our EP called Grim Values coming out in June. Sick. Yeah. Is that, are, are you going to call that? Is that going to be the album title, "Dripping Out Singles"? Uh, uh, album title. Well, EP title is is uh, is is Grim Value. Vince and, doesn't uh, know what an the, EP the is. Is is yeah. We're just that. That's our that. That's our uh, the name of our PR campaign is yeah. "Dripping Singles." Dripping out them singles, dude. Well, oh, yeah. I, I look forward to getting the album. You can get the album comes out in June uh and get it wherever uh albums are sold where are albums sold i have no idea (laughs) i don't mean are they i don't even know if they are yeah Uh, Um, you can actually actually you can go to grimvalue.com and we have different iterations of uh colored vinyl mm -hmm. um if if that's your thing yeah yeah 
colored vinyl at uh, grimvalues.com. Uh, no uh, S, just grimvalue.com. Grimvalue, grimvalue.com. Yep. Cool. Uh, Max, thank you so much for coming on. Um, before we go, uh, just real quick uh, shout out for the patrons who uh, came in to the uh, pod yourself a shout out uh, fucking tier on Patreon. So real quick, it's just got to, I promised them a shout out and uh, saying their name, but giving them a mafia name. Uh, <clears throat> Emma, uh, Emma, the Emma, the Jamma. Fuck. All right. Hold on. Tara, mm. the terror. Okay. Um, mm. Come on. You can do better, Matt. Fuck. I'm trying, <laughs> dude. Brian, uh, Brian, the lion of, uh, uh, Newark, New uh, Brunswick. Yeah, yeah. There we go. New Brunswick. Uh, 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 Willie, Willie the whale. Um, Benny the beak. Michael John the 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 Don. Uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, Ryan the rat. Um, Brooks the crook of. Uh, I could just say crook. We'll just finish there. Uh, Mark, Marky, Mark, and the funky. Mm -hmm guy um <laughs> come on try harder uh Mar mark uh you help me help me dude <laughs> you're just sitting there mark the shark mark the shark oh fuck all right and brett the shit and marky tulips what's that marky tulips marky tulips oh yeah that's true they don't always have to rhyme no, um they don't have to uh, alliterate either yeah, Breddy Bats. Yeah, that one's good too because that one's kind of double because, like, he, you know, he, he's he's got two lips, but he, and he's going to be sleeping with the two. Lips uh, sleeping with the two. Up. That's right. yeah, exactly. I like that yeah. the one fucking mafia name you came up with is like an actual good mafia name, dude. Why you should do this? And Robert, who's, who's the last one? Robert. Yeah, Robert. Uh, uh, Robbie T-shirts. Robbie T-shirts. It's <laughs> always, always wearing T-shirts. He's always wearing T-shirts, uh, which you can get at teespring.com slash store slash broadcast. Uh, so buy uh, the new T-shirts there. There's a new Pod Yourself a Gun logo, so you can buy yourself a T-shirt with that logo, and Vince won't worry about getting sued. Patreon.com slash broadcast for all the uh, new bonus content that we have coming out for you every week. Frogcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, concerns. Vince, what's the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. Don't stop. Thank you, guys. That was, that was awesome. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.